The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. I'll begin with asking you a question today. Do you know what happened in this moment 27 years ago? I'll answer that in a few moments. I can say that I witnessed Medjugorje from the beginning days. It had been going on five and a half years or so when the first time I went there. And I went there and repeatedly started going there. So I learned a lot of things. In those days, everybody was so excited about conversion and the testimonies and the stories. And then years later, came up with the conferences and everybody was giving the testimonies. And they'd been receiving the messages from 81 and then the Thursday messages from 84 to 87. And people began to grow tired of the messages. I say tired of those because they didn't recognize what they were, even the villagers. When I first went there, they'd be writing them down with a pencil and a piece of paper. I remember them reading from the pulpit on the Thursday messages. When that happened, people were still interested, but nobody really comprehended what was going on. And a big part of that 
was they were explained even from the Franciscans there in Medjugorje. Our Lady's just saying the same thing. She's just repeating the gospel. And yet she was giving so many messages. And I looked at that and said, there must be more to it. But I couldn't see anything until one day I read, you must pray to understand the messages. That came to a realization. So every time, every day I'd be in Medjugorje, I'd go up both mountains, Apparition Mountain, Cross Mountain, to understand the messages. Slowly, it evolved in my heart that I started seeing things nobody else could see. And I wonder why they can't see this. And this went on for years. The people got further and further from the messages, including the visionaries, because they saw the message. They wasn't studying the message. They looked at the message. So there really wasn't an interest on their part. But the messages were mundane as far as what was put out. Nobody was really writing. They did commentaries and things like this said. But I repeatedly heard the Franciscans in Medjugorje saying, it's just the gospel. That's what you need to read. That's what you need to pay attention to. So they put it in a second-rate position, and yet Our Lady put it in a first-place position coming down because she had a big plan. Now, a lot of people in the messages, and I can tell you, it came from what Our Lady showed us here and what we began to live. Worldwide, it was broken open, and I was traveling places. Nobody wanted to talk about the message. I'd get excited about the messages when I began to see them, and with the understanding and comprehending them and tell people, if they're a Medjugorje people, they look at you like you're off of another planet. Because they were into the signs. They were into the conversions. Go to research. All the conferences was only about testimonies. Look what happened to me. I used to be a drunk. Now I'm, I'm sober. Those kinds of things. I'm not saying that in a critical place, but that's what the limelight was shined on. Nobody looked at these boring messages. So I want to talk on this Medjugorje, something special that happened 27 years ago, to show you what nobody else could see. I didn't copy somebody. I didn't read it from somebody. I didn't get cognition from anybody about the messages. Not even Maria. Our Lady showed it to me. Why? Because she said, I'll show it to you. I'll help you understand me. And I believed that. And I prayed for it. The messages being one of the most important aspects there was not the importance because people looked them over. Actually, some people were embarrassed about it. And you even heard that. And even recently we heard, within the last 12 months or so, Francis says, Our Lady's not a telegraph. She knows it's relating. That's why it's translated. But meaning, there's no purpose to this. There's no reason for Our Lady to be doing this. Theologians have said she's a chatterbox. They do not know the message because they're too learned, and it's hidden from them. That's scriptural. God has this wisdom. So we have a low-level wisdom, even in the Medjugorje world. Now, a lot of people are in the messages now, and I could say we rooted that for a long time. We were a lone voice. Nobody was echoing Our Lady, other than what I've already said to you. So I want to show you the messages how they are to be taken in context of when they're given, after they're given, and into the future. Our Lady did something remarkable, and I was watching these things and looking at it and applying it. I'd get all excited, and there's only other one person, a Frenchman, Cyril, that we could even have conversation about. Nobody else would even dare go into it because it wasn't conversational. There was nothing about it. 
I watched one of the 25th messages be translated in Medjugorje so sloppy, so disinterested in it, and guessing, well, what do you think about this? I was standing there with two other people, one Franciscan woman and a nun, and I was shocked how these messages were being translated. Off the cuff, off the fly. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just pick this word. No prayer, no fasting, no preparation. So I'm telling you the mindset to understand what was going on in Medjugorje. Our Lady basically was being ignored. Thank God we recorded a lot of things. Thank God I recorded some messages that are not recorded. And that's part of our charism that I give the gift of the sermon on these things. You can't explain it any other way, the way we see and, and can say things. So Our Lady did something 27 years ago that when she gave this message, uh, I was really shocked at it. So the message of Our Lady applies to many things when they're given. At all times and into the future. But there remains a historical aspect of these messages when they're giving, that they're giving at that moment to speak to us. So Our Lady comes up on July 25th, 1990, and Maria told me one time that everything Our Lady does, every word, every gesture, every symbol, is for a reason. Our Lady said nothing's by chance recently. Our Lady does not pronounce one word without it having a profound meaning and purpose. So here we come up, and Our Lady says this message, July 25th, 1990, and I saw what she said, and I got excited. I didn't know what it meant, but I read this. Today I invite you to peace. I come here as the queen of peace, and I desire to enrich you with my motherly peace. Dear children, I love you, and I desire to bring all of you to peace, which God gives and which enriches the heart. I invite you to become carriers of the witness of my peace to this unpeaceful world. Let peace rule in the whole world, which is without peace and longs for peace. What do you think about that? What stands out? The word peace. So our lady says peace nine times there. One for every day that came. Because eight days later, on August 2nd, which we know is a major, major date, now, nobody knew it and understood it then. I was pronouncing it, but nobody paid attention to that at that point. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, human souls at stake. We know about the gumno. We know about the separation when everybody touched Maria's, Maria and Mariana, when they all touched Our Lady's cloak. Those with sin stained their Lady's cloak, and on the other side, they didn't. She said, go to confession. And the gumno is the separation of the wheat and the chaff. And so... Just those days after this message, speaking about peace, what happens? On this day of August 2nd, a day that Mariana also says is very critical in the future about the Ten Secrets. We don't know which part of them or when, but we know the date again still has great significance in the future. And what happens? Saddam Hussein marches into Kuwait. That's not by chance. This is a historical aspect of the message. Now, this message can be for you 20 years from now when you're having marriage problems, you lost a child, or you, somebody stole something from you, whatever. So it's for the future, and it's for you today. So you got the historical aspect of the message. you got the present 
you're living in for the message, say if it's two years now, or say today, these years later. And then you got a future aspect. For all people who come, it will tell about the future. I'm convinced that I gave these messages in this context for the purpose to help us understand scriptures, because the Bible is spoken in the context of us immediately when it was given. This is what Jesus meant. This is what happened. This is what's going on. Scriptures aren't just for the immediate thing 2,000 years ago. It has life. Our Lady, through her messages, are showing us how to take the Bible that, yes, there's a historical context when it was given by Jesus or the apostles or whatever happened. And then there is the present context you're to take the scriptures of what's going on now in the world. And there's the future. And I would add a fourth to that. Uh, and it means speaking to you directly personally as well as the world. So you've got these aspects that the messages are showing us how to understand scriptures in this modern time that we don't know or that we've even lost. So Saddam Hussein marches in, peace is in danger, and when this started happening, I watched Ivan on the mountain over and over and over. A lady saying, pray for peace, pray for peace, peace is in danger. I began to realize that this thing could be going into World War III. That's how dangerous it was. And still, people in that time didn't put the importance on it to understand, it. yes, the war was big, it's a big deal. But Our Lady gave warnings just before that. That was July 25th, 1999, about the peace. But in March 25th, 1990, Our Lady says, I want to protect you from everything that Satan offers you and through which he wants to destroy you. This is what was going on. Satan had to start war somewhere. World War I started off in Sarajevo, which is near Medjugorje, two hours. And he has to have the spark. Here is Our Lady saying in March just a little over three months before Sidon, that he wants to destroy you. And then she adds this on the same message of the 25th of March, 90. God wants to save you and send you messages through men, nature, and so many things which can only help you to understand you must change the direction of your life. She sees what's coming in a couple of three months. She's trying to say, pray, look at what's going on. Change the direction of your life. You can't stop the war in Kuwait, but you can stop the war in your family because you can't stop Kuwait. It's because you can't stop it in the family. We're never going to have war peace. Our Lady gave a message just before the Kuwait War. She enhances that by saying, February 25th, 1991, I invite you to decide for God because distance from God is the fruit of the lack of peace in your hearts. God is peace itself. Therefore, approach him through your personal prayer and then live peace in your hearts. And in this way, peace will flow through your hearts like a river into the whole world. Why the whole world? Because it needs it because Saddam's got his plans going on. Do not speak about peace, but make peace. I am blessing you in each good decision of yours. In other words, if you don't have peace, how are you going to stop that? We'll never stop the wars until we stop it in the home. That's where the great war is today, worldwide. The family breakup, the family mess up, the family divorce, living divorce and staying marriage. All this is hate and from Satan. In the midst of the war that's already started taking place, December 25th, 1990, Our Lady says, Pray because Satan wants to destroy my plans of peace. Be reconciled with one another and by means of your lives, help peace to reign on the whole earth. You have to have that in your family. You have to have it in your own heart before you have it in the family. And then you can get it in the world. 
So what's so important about this? Our Lady prophetically, nine times saying peace, saying this is what's coming. But that's not all to the story or the historical context of these messages, which you can take now for your wars and your battles and what's coming in the future to see this lesson of history of walking with Our Lady through the great invasion and then 30-plus nations, United States leading, to attack Saddam Hussein. What happens? Some incredible things. So in the middle of the war, not in the middle, but toward the end, January 25th, 1991, or a year later or so, Our Lady does something incredible again. Dear children, today, like never before, do you want to listen to her and say, okay, she said that, I'm not going to take that for what she says, like never before. She means like never before. She's been talking to us for those years. And she's saying, like never before. She means these words. I invite you to prayer. Your prayer should be a prayer for peace. Satan is strong and wishes not only to destroy human life, but also nature and the planet on which you live. What? She's revealing the devil's plans? Is this war related to it? What's the historical context of this message? Yes, you can apply it today because your family's being destroyed, your whole world, that's your whole planet. But also, there's a literal context and when she gave it, January 25th, 1991. Because you know what happened? After she said, he's strong and he wishes not only to destroy human life, but also the planet on which you live. So we can see, what is she talking about? Is there something historical that comes up? Yes, 36 days approximately later. Saddam Hussein sets fire to and explodes 700 oil wells in Kuwait. Is that not thrilling to see the historical context, the life of these messages today to you and into the future? Because that one day Satan will have reign on this, but what happened? There was an intervention. Our lady goes on and says, therefore, therefore for what? Because he wants to destroy the planet. He wants to destroy human life. And like never before, I'm telling you to pray. Why? Because he's so strong. He's got power. She says, therefore, dear children, she wants your attention. Dear children, listen to me. Therefore, dear children, pray that you can protect yourselves through prayer with the blessing of God's peace. He sent me to you so I can help you. And you think this has no context? And these are just mundane messages? And I can do this with all the messages. They all mean something incredible. And people don't understand it. And many in the future say about these to demean them. Oh, it was just a historical thing about Kuwait. No, it has life today, tomorrow, to the end of the world. To get us through the Antichrist system. And so what happened from there? Is that March 16th happened 27 years ago, which is tomorrow. Firefighters begin to arrive on the scene to try to put this out. And it's an incredible story. Because these wool wells on their own, without being put out, would burn 100 years. That's how much oil was gushing out. They didn't even know how long it would take it to put them out. Some said it may take 10 years to put it out. There were headlines about altering the Earth's environment. But to understand the devil's plans with this, which is our lady warned us, we live in a time when we heard this message. You can read these messages and we saw a manifest. Where have we ever had that before? Yes, the prophets did the same thing, but how many times in history, Jewish history and in Christianity, that someone comes from heaven and said, this is what's going to happen. 
Satan wants to destroy your planet. If you weren't alive at that moment, it was an incredible moment. Scary in a lot of ways. But at the same time, we were walking with Our Lady. So we've got a clip we want to play of what happened and how serious this situation was at the time of these oil wells being blown up, an act of senseless vengeance filled with satanic hatred to destroy the planet and human life on which you live. summer of 1990, peace in Kuwait was shattered by the expansionist plans of their neighbor, Iraq. On August 2nd, Saddam Hussein sent 100,000 troops across the border, announcing that Kuwait had ceased to exist. When sanctions and negotiations failed, the United States led a 32-nation coalition against Iraq in Operation Desert Storm. After six weeks, Iraq's occupation forces collapsed. In a final act of vengeance, Saddam ordered the detonation of almost 700 oil wells. War leaves Kuwait devastated, its people scattered, the whole network of modern facilities in ruins. Emergencies in every sector of society demand response. In oil fields, you prepare for accidents, even for disaster. But who could have prepared for this? Six days after liberation, a small group of firefighters arrived to assess the task ahead. Five million barrels a day going up in clouds of poisonous smoke and soot. If left alone, the fires could burn for a hundred years. It's not just darkness as you imagine darkness. And there were lots of days for a long, long time that were absolutely black. Everywhere you looked, there was a burning well. Everywhere you looked, was nothing but destruction. And when you could see the sky, it didn't last but a few minutes, and there'd be total darkness again. I went back home. I tried to tell them what I had seen on the trip, what we would be up against, what they would need to expect and then I told them there's no such words that I know that will explain what you're fixing to go into and I couldn't describe it to them what I'd seen I could not there wasn't words there's no words around to describe what we saw when we came here in March from 40 countries of 10,000 people and thousands of tons of machinery it's the largest non-military mobilization in history. By October, teams from the Soviet Union, China, and Iran join in the effort. French and British crews will bring the total to 27 teams. 
it's still hard to comprehend. And I thought I had myself mentally prepared for what I was fixing to see. And you can't look at the countryside. You can't look at the destruction and the devastation and the senseless ruination of the, of the country. You have to look at them on a one-well basis. It's really a little bit more. It's more the environment, too, because I mean, it's a global thing. But you're actually helping wildlife, you know, the seas, everything. It feels better. It makes you think about, appreciate that it doesn't happen like this all the time. As the smoke clears, the extent of the damage is revealed. The whole desert ecosystem is smothered under a blanket of tar for hundreds of square miles. Oasis, once havens for desert wildlife, now lie under lakes of oil. Sulfur dioxide, hydrogen sulfide, trace metals, unburned hydrocarbons, and salt combine with the oil to encrust the trees. For thousands of migrating birds, the journey ended here. And for the human population, the prospect of poison air, polluted water, and the deadly legacy of war. The desert was very safe for everybody to go. And we used to enjoy it tremendously. We can't do that anymore because the environment is completely disturbed. The natural pleasures we used to get from our land, we can't get anymore. of the past is truly wasted if we learn nothing from it. People from around the world responded to this environmental assault with determination and unity. What experts feared might take years has been accomplished in just nine months.
There is no limits to what a human being can do. If the fear inside you is not there anymore, humans are put on this earth not to fight. You know, people could join forces to uh, build. And I think that's what uh, all people have learned uh, all over the world. I'm looking at a picture that reminds me of Notebooks by Maria Vartorta. And she talks about at the end of the world, it's just desolate. Everything's dead. This picture shows Kuwait. The oil fields in the background burning. Probably a hundred dead camels burned and parched, just laying there. Nothing of life anywhere around. You that's listening to this most likely lived through this period. Do you realize what's happening? Do you understand the significance of the times you live in? I don't care how many times you've been to Medjugorje, how many times you've been in the field of apparitions or the bedroom of apparitions. You go back. You go pray. Because you're going to be asked 30 years from now, and if you're young, 50 years from now, maybe, 60 years, what happened while he was here? When I gave that message, that Satan wants to destroy the whole world. That couldn't have happened a thousand years ago. There was no capability of doing what happened in Kuwait. And man's got that capability now. We live in a serious moment. Visca was in Paris, 1990. And she says, a lady gave a message that said, When I started to speak to you and to call you to peace, you thought everything was calm, and there was no need to pray in a special way for peace. The absence of peace was in the hearts. Now the absence of peace has come into the world. Just five months before that, Satan took his reign. The narrator said, this was an environmental assault. It's not to be defined as an environmental assault. It's a satanic assault. It's up to us to know the messages and correct these things so that history won't hide the fingerprint of Our Lady nor the handprint of Satan. Sunday is March 18th. Something in the future is going to happen on this date. Will it be this Sunday? I don't feel that. I don't think so. But we are approaching where whatever's going to be happening is going to happen. And most of that would be a great surprise to us. And maybe Sunday will. But Our Lady said 27 years ago, in the midst of this, all taking place just before the fires, March 18, 1991, spread peace and love to others because that is now most necessary for you in this time of battle with Satan. I have spoken to you. Pray, 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 because only by means of prayer will you drive off Satan and all the evil that goes along with him. We live in this kind of world. We see it every day. 
Everything's escalating. The great separation has taken place. Her plans are manifesting. What are you doing about it? How do you support Our Lady? Don't think it's just prayer. Don't think it's just faith. Our Lady's repeatedly emphasized of those two things, works. I want to see your works. I want you to work. She continues with this message. I promise you, my children, that I will pray for you, but I seek from you more vigorous prayers. I seek you to spread peace and love, which I'm asking you in Medjugorje already nearly 10 years. Can you imagine we're here in 36 years? You go to Medjugorje. You come here in Alabama to pray. Our Lady did things on these grounds. Like go to the cross at 3 o'clock tomorrow. We didn't ask that. She did. We're not able to force Our Lady to appear here two times in the same day. That's never happened to the visionaries act like that. And that's happened several times here with Our Lady. Our Lady's given many messages. This is connected to the last apparitions on earth. And as two bishops themselves have told me, this is going to be as big as Fatima. If you can't make it to Medjugorje, come and pray. Contemplate these words today. Wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.